today on CityCast Denver. What happens when you want to build your disabled mom a place to live on your property, but the city's zoning codes say no? We are here <laughs> asking for 95 additional square feet. This is to accommodate my mom's disability so that we can have a chairlift installed. We are zoned for an ADU. This is in alignment with the city's development plans. What are you talking about? Today is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Things are warming up again with a high in the low to mid 70s and only a slight chance of rain. A follow-up to yesterday's episode on Denver Public Schools' search for a new superintendent. The community organization, the Colorado Black Roundtable, thinks DPS should put the brakes on electing a new superintendent and start the search over. The community coalition believes that the three finalists aren't qualified to run a district as big as DPS. DPS's school board says the hiring process is still underway, and they are very excited about the talent and experience of the finalists. Speaking of DPS, the state's largest school district plans to add air conditioning to 24 schools over the next three years. Currently, 55 DPS schools are without AC, which can make school year start times a challenge in the summer months. The $128 million in cooling systems will be paid for in part through bonds passed by Denver voters in 2020. Denver talks a big game when it comes to increasing affordable housing in this city. But what happens when the everyday Denverite, someone who's not a developer, wants to be a part of the housing solution? It's it's fine if you swear to. We're not, we're not a we don't have to worry about. I mean, I'm not like a sailor mouth, but you know, I've been living in quarantine, so my public filter has got to be built back up. Sean Johnson and his husband Ben own a home in Denver Sunnyside neighborhood. Last year, Sean's mom fell ill and was hospitalized, and that set them on a collision course with a group of people within the city's bureaucracy that operate with little oversight and enormous power. Today, the story of how Ben and Sean came to learn that the city's progressive plans for managing growth might not be so black and white. Sean, can you start by telling me what happened last year with your mom? She got, um, I want to say just a regular cold or a flu, but that developed uh, into a massive lung infection. That lung infection turned into a blood infection and all sorts of things that happened that decreased her health. Uh, where she was in the hospital and on a ventilator because it got so bad um, for almost a month, almost a month, uh, that she was just on the ventilator. Um, well, she was moved from the ICU to a regular hospital room, but then from that hospital room, she went to uh, a rehabilitation facility because she had to relearn how to walk again. Um, and we realized how unprepared we felt in that moment. Uh, and we just, we knew that we had to, to do something. And one thing that we could do is to make sure that if she wasn't going to be able to go back home like she wanted to, uh, that we could have a safe space for her here. So you could live or still give her some autonomy to live in a space that was her own, but be close to you to where you could help care for her. Exactly. That was the experience that we had in my family with my grandmother. She, When she was got older, I remember the the way that my mom gave up her bedroom. 
I got to see my Nana like in the morning before school. I got to see her when I came home. I got to just have moments with her. So I knew that that was important and also know my mom. I knew that she, I mean, she's a strong person. She's, sorry. <laughs> so this was really important for you to make sure that she could be close to you. Yeah, that, yeah, it was, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was vital to us. It was vital to us. So Ben and Sean knew that they wanted Sean's mother to come and live with them, and they wanted her to have as much autonomy as possible. They turned to an idea they had discussed a little bit, but never taken seriously before. Their neighborhood, Sunnyside, is currently zoned to allow a type of structure called an ADU, or an accessory dwelling unit, which is basically a second housing unit built on the lot of an existing house. And they had an old garage they were using as a shed, so they thought they might be able to convert it. So um, the zoning was so complicated, we decided that the best strategy would be to do as best as we could with what we're granted. We have a, a small lot. The easiest and the least disruptive thing we could do was to make a stairwell that's a straight up stairwell from the ground floor to the second floor and include uh, a chairlift in that it would be the least disruptive to all the zoning laws because we wouldn't be violating bulk planes. Um, we wouldn't be violating setbacks. Uh, yeah, setbacks. We had to figure that part out. The only thing we were asking for is an additional 95 square feet. Before all of this, Ben and Sean didn't know much about the zoning code and the regulations around ADUs, but they quickly became experts. They hired an architect to help them design the space. They hired a builder who would build it. They brought their plans to their neighborhood organization, and their neighbors approved it unanimously. They worked with the city to make sure they weren't asking for anything more than what they absolutely needed. The only problem was that additional 95 square feet of space. It didn't fit under the zoning code, so they were going to need to get approval from an organization called the Board of Adjustment for Zoning Appeals, or BOA. All right, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and call case 119-20. The BOA is made up of seven members with five hearing any given appeal. They are appointed by the mayor. They serve five-year terms in a part-time capacity. And they meet on Tuesday mornings to hear all kinds of requests for zoning variances. And they ask questions like this. I'm concerned that this is, this is not necessarily the minimum necessary to try to achieve what you are trying to achieve. And do you want to speak to that at all? Why we need all this additional space on the ground level? Basically, the BOA's job is to be the human link between the zoning code and regular folks like Ben and Sean, and to use their subjective judgment to allow exceptions. These exceptions are based on what can be considered hardships, like when building something to accommodate disability, while still moving the city forward and its overall goals for equitable development. But not all the board members seem to understand what Ben and Sean's hardship was. Um, what is the hardship when with having a compliant footprint, it, it, again, it like There's this particular contention that one of the board members had in the design, uh, and that was this little bump out that was on the bottom floor. And some of them were very clear on, this is about housing his mom, the addition or the variances so that there can be a straight stairway upstairs so that she can get there accessibly. In the end, they needed at least four of the five board members to approve. Um, all right, so to call vote, uh, Mr. Young? Uh, no. Mr. Schultz? Aye. Uh, Madam Chair? 
No. So the motion to grant it as is does not pass. Um, and and did they give you a reason for those that opposed it on the board? Did they give you a reason why they did? The synopsis that we had is that we needed to just come back with a plan that was in code, that we needed to pay our architect to redesign this project, reduce the living space for my mom, but we also needed to fit the accommodations for her disability in that space as well. They also decided to, to scrutinize our design. So instead of saying, we came in for a request of 95 square feet for a stairwell, which is very obvious in our plans and it's highlighted by the architect and it lays out exactly how 95 square feet work. It's a stairway. That's what 95 square feet looks like. Um, they were scrutinizing that we had a bathroom downstairs. Um, that's none of their business. A washroom, a sink and a, and a toilet. And we even explained that in the hearings. Like I said, I went to these, I went to these home visits with my mom's healthcare workers. This is my mom. The idea that they could tell me what her needs are going to be. Her, my mom's bathroom is set up to, meet, to accommodate her needs, where she has like a, a thing that rises over. I mean, people who get older, you know, they, they, you have your personal things in your bathroom. Right. She has a healthcare worker. She has guests who come over. As we were speaking to her independence earlier, her grandchildren are going to come visit. Friends are com- going to come visit. I didn't want them to have to invade this already small space of hers and to leave her little bathroom with her things that she puts out or has to use daily to be in that private space and that someone could just go downstairs and use the bathroom. That's all that was down there. It didn't increase the footprint of our project. It had nothing to do with it. These were just the distractions that they kept trying to make throughout the hearing. And even if that was, the, even if... That could be a negative. If the root of this case is that we are going to build housing, additional housing in this in this city, housing for my mom, housing that accommodates her disability, and we could do all of that in code and request a simple 95 additional square feet that we got buy-in and support from our neighbors, buy-in from our RNO, buy-in from members of the Blueprint Different Task Force that we're providing letters from her doctor her, our, her personal doctor saying how this would directly be beneficial for her health care, that the Social Security Administration is detailing what her disabilities are. There has to be some major thing that you were told or some major obstacle that you feel in yourself to say, what I feel personally, my opinion, my, is, is going to supersede all of that, is going to supersede the circumstances of this family supersede, you know, that just doesn't make sense. And you can't make sense of that. But Sean and Ben didn't feel like they had an option. So they took the board's offer for another hearing and sat down to work on a revised plan that would address their concerns. At the same time, though, some things they experienced at the first hearing really stuck with them, like the family that put forth an appeal right before they did. The family was over their square footage of their lot allowance by 500 square feet. They wanted to build an oversized garage. That might be reasonable for a family, but what they used against us, which was, this is the minimal, we're looking for you to do the minimal amount against the code. This family's over 500, and they say, for this family, happens to be a heterosexual white couple with a baby on the way, they want to use it for um, a stroller, an air compressor, they they have lawnmower stuff. They just want a bigger garage. They want a bigger garage, and for the same chairwoman, Miss Elder, this she described in, quote, a small bit. Nonetheless, Ben and Sean went back to the board two months later and put forth their appeal again. 
if everybody is here, let me go ahead and call case number 119. And again, the board said no. And so I guess I'm still a little bit struggling with um, the ability to, you know, why we're not building something compliant here. For Sean and Ben, the feeling of unfairness only grew. Like for Sean, there was a moment from the second hearing when he recalls trying to explain to one of the board members why they made the adjustments to their plans that they did. And his response to that was, is, oh, well, I would have had, I would have been more comfortable with setback and bulk plane violations, like I told you at the first hearing. And I had to call him out. I said, no, you did not say that. You told us to do a two-story. So it's like, no matter what you do, it seems to not work for this board. They were gonna, Yeah, exactly. They were going to come for back with, family. oh, go back and try this. Go back and do this. Sir, we are here <laughs> asking for 95 additional square feet. This is to accommodate my mom's disability so that we can have a chairlift installed. We are zoned for an ADU. This is in alignment with the city's development plans. This is in alignment with our neighborhood's development plans. What are you talking oh, about? It's becoming it's becoming clear that this is maybe an issue about your family is what you felt. Yes, because we were following their rules and we couldn't be successful. After the board turned them down a second time, they went back a third time. And again, the BOA said no. So can you can you guys talk about what do you feel like you're watching this happen all around you the same day you're at the zoning board, you're watching these or the adjustment board, you're watching these um, other people get a pass. What was it about you or your family? Do, are you feeling is is being discriminated against? Well, I know your listeners can't look can't see us, but you can see us. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm black. Ben's Jewish. We're gay. Um, I like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot that people can have implicit biases about. There's a lot that people can look at us and, and just, and, and, and for their own reasons, not that they're valid, not that they make sense, but they can create their own formulas of why they want to lash out or feel like they can have power above these people. Um, who, who knows? I know that the biases exist. So how, how she was focusing or how she was targeting us, I don't know. I know that we were targeted. That is clear. And I knew that going in, we, I was going to have to do all the extra work and be extra prepared. Anything they asked us, we were providing. And they saw it. And they were, I mean, people were looking for why are they opposed? I don't get it. I'm, I'm looking at your project. I'm seeing how simple it is. I know what need it's going to meet. I don't get what the problem is. And that's when we, that's, I mean, it was validation that this wasn't us. After being turned down a third time, Ben and Sean started speaking out about their case. And that's how we heard about it in the first place, from an article in the Denver North Star. And the writer of that piece, Catherine White, picked up on a theme that I think is worth passing along. It's about the subjectivity of this board. Like I said earlier, they are supposed to use their subjective judgment to bridge the gap between the zoning code and real human people and problems. But when someone's job is to be subjective, their biases are going to come through. And this board happens to include six white people and one Latino man. We asked the BOA if their members are required to go through any DEI training to be more aware of their implicit biases. And they said no. They also denied that Sean and Ben were rejected because of who they are. And a spokesperson told us, quote, I certainly don't deny that bias exists. It absolutely does. 
However, I have not noticed race or sexual orientation leading to more lenient or more strict treatment at hearings. I think the specific circumstances surrounding the request and the hardship put forth are the main elements that determine the outcome of a case. So after you've had three, you've had three hearings and the board rejects you again, um, what, where are you all mentally? How are you dealing with this? What is your, what, what are you feeling? They've got me fucked up. You know, I, I believe in America. Like, I believe in this government. I want to believe in this government. I believe in the ideals of what it can be, of what it can be, of what we're working to make it be. And a lot of things, have, especially in this last year, have highlighted a lot of the work that we need to be doing. And this was an opportunity for us to see our city doing that work, following through with that work, and for it to just turn out to be the complete opposite experience, for us to go in so prepared and to give this BOA every opportunity to follow through um, and to say that all these groups that we might represent have value here, that you will make space for people with disabilities, that you will make space for black families, that you will make space for interracial gay couples in the city, that you will make space, that you will find value in that, that you don't have to, that that doesn't matter when you go to present. Like, here are the facts. And the BOA is still just like, F. You, you cannot, you will not get relief or access to this space. You can come here, but you won't be an equal player here, no matter what you do. We're going to post the whole statement we got from the BOA spokesperson on our Twitter. And also, you should know, we got some good news from Ben and Sean. They're still sending emails and making calls, and they say they've got a lead on a loophole. I'll let you know more as soon as I can. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. We, we really do appreciate you giving us the time, Bree. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would tell a friend about us. Give us a good rating on your favorite podcast platform and take a moment to subscribe to our informative morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Later. That's your blooper at the end, me talking about boiling a person in a hot tub accidentally. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs>